Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Championship Roundtable podcast. In this week's episode, we'll be discussing Wii games have just happened. So first of all, I'll take it over to Jake, who will uh, talk us through the results from Tuesday night's games. Yeah, thanks, James. Uh, going back to Tuesday night, a couple of days ago now, uh, we had Preston against Leeds, which finished 2-0 to, Pre- uh, 2-0 to Leeds. Sorry, <laughs> James, that would have been a good one if, if it had been to Preston. But no, that pretty, yeah, I wish ev- it was us. Eventually, that, uh, yeah. that, that does sort of kill pl- uh, Preston's playoffs hopes, really, uh, and strip puts Leeds back in. Uh, you know, got their promotion... Hunt back on track. Uh, of course, Ben Pearson got sent off for the third time, I think, the season. So that's a, a talking point from that game that we might come on to. Sheffield Wednesday won 3 0 against Nottingham Forest, which puts them, you know, into playoff contention somewhat. I'd say they're one of a few teams that can get into those playoffs now. Swansea City playing very well recently. I think Graham Potter's finally got things to click. I think, although the Man City game is. You know, it came and went, and, and they were unfortunate to lose in the way they did. It, it gave them a lot of confidence, and, and their form since then has been very good. Stoke had two percent off, and it finished three-one to Swansea. Um, Blackburn beat Derby two-nil, which obviously has ramifications for the playoff picture. Bristol City uh, performed very well against West Brom in the sort of first twenty minutes, but then they got pegged back to three-two. Although a good victory, sort of does show those those weaknesses that Bristol City have and, and and you know if we're looking ahead to those playoffs and we're thinking about the way that ties can go the fact they can you know have a three goal lead and get pegged back to 3-2 even though they picked up the win that's in a playoff situation in a two-legged affair that could potentially be a weakness for them that we might come on to talk about later in the in the coming weeks I'm sure uh, and then Middlesbrough got back to winning ways against Bolton which moves them back Onto the fringe of the playoffs, so I think it was an important win for them. Um, very lucky to be coming up against Bolton at this point of the season, but a good win for those uh, for Middlesbrough there. Uh, James, just, uh, uh, any games there that you know stand out for you? Yeah, first of all, obviously you, you touched on the the Preston Leeds game, and obviously you touched on Ben Pearson. I thought the game was fairly even until Ben Pearson got sent off, and yeah, you're right, three red cards uh, now this season, and I think 13 yellow cards. So he's missed. Uh, I think the stat was in 41 games he's been suspended for 13 of them, which for a player who many sort of see as our best player to be suspended for nearly a third of the season is is absolutely ridiculous. And uh, sort of myself included, you know, for uh, for a few weeks now, we're losing a little bit of patience in him. You know, you can be as good as you want with that disciplinary record. And it, it's not just this season in isolation. It's been a recurring theme over the past sort of three years since we've back been back in league one and you think if you know he had curbed that he's head and shoulders our best player where could that have sort of put us in the league if we'd have had him in those those 13 games i'm not sure of the exact figure but when he doesn't play you know our win percentage drastically drops uh, we we look a completely different side in the middle of the park and that's largely down to to no other player really being able to come in and, and do the job he does uh, so for the for the actual game though i thought it was fairly even although leeds probably shaded it first half 
Pearson was sent off very shortly after half time, and then you know from then there was only going to be one winner, Patrick Bamford, who had been on a, a mini goal drought by his standards. First goal, absolutely fantastic left-footed shot from just outside the box. You know, nothing really that the keeper could have done, but it came from us losing possession in the middle of the park. Second goal, free on Mark Header, and you know, been a, a Preston fan and the the sort of Lancashire Yorkshire rivalry. It always pains me to lose to Leeds or or someone from across the Pennines. But, you know, credit where credit's due. Bielsa's got them playing fantastic football. And, and that second half, you know, even though for the first sort of 20 minutes of the second half, it was nil-nil, watching it live, you know, there was only going to be one winner. And I think if they can continue playing that way, they're going to run Sheffield United, you know, very close for that second spot. And at the moment, you know, who knows sort of which way that's going to go. It seems to be every week sort of chopping and changing the sort of other standout game that you touched on as well the, was the Bristol City-West Brom game for me. Obviously, Bristol City 3-0 up after 20 minutes. Couldn't believe it. Um, you know, a team that are challenging for the playoffs, you know, quite rightly on merit, deserve to be there. They've got some fantastic players. But West Brom, who've, you know, recently got rid of uh, Darren Moore, you'd expect them sort of, especially in that opening stage, is going to a, a tough away game, you know, be a bit more solid. But, you know, in recent weeks, they've really struggled. And I think that's sort of proof in the pudding that, you know, we discussed it at the time, were they right or wrong to get rid of Darren Moore. And I think looking back now, seeing how they've sort of struggled since he's gone, you know, I, I think they were wrong. Um, obviously, we'll get on to their sort of managerial situation a little bit later on. But, you know, for them to get the two goals in the second half, should a little bit of fight and, you know, ultimately that, that opening 20 minutes cost them and that's a massive win for Bristol. I think they're uh, sort of comfortable in the playoffs now by, I think it's four points, I believe, with uh, a game in hand as well. Sort of looking down the table, um, you know, it's only going to be one or two teams that they play. I'm not sure if their actual game in hand is against, but there's only three or four teams, them included, on 40 games at the moment. So looking down the table, you know, the teams that they could theoretically play, they should hopefully pick up a win there and you know, I'd probably say that's them sort of safe in the playoffs now. You know, that, that sort of gap with five games to go, I don't expect them to let that slip. So it looks as if from, you know, about two weeks ago, we were talking about, you know, one of sort of seven or eight teams been able to get the playoffs. Those sort of two in the playoffs now, Villa and, and Bristol City have really put a run together and, you know, look to have sort of squeezed out the other teams with the slight exception of Derby. You know, if they win their game in hand, they can be a couple of points off. But, yeah, massive win for Bristol against the team that uh, are in the plus as well. And, you know, if, if the league sort of stays as it is and they play West Brom in the plus, will give them, you know, massive confidence, uh, especially how they tore them apart in that opening 20 minutes. Um, yeah, they're my two games that stood out from, from midweek. Obviously, you touched on each game that sort of brief there, Jake. Are there any in particular that I haven't touched on that, that you were sort of looking to highlight? Yeah, I think I'd quite like to go into the um, Swansea game, to be honest. I've been quite impressed with them recently. Uh, Graham Potter's done, I think, a very good job there, even though they've only got mid-table and they haven't really ever been in playoff contention. I think it was quite a big rebuilding job there uh, over the summer. He perhaps hasn't been given credit for, for, the, for the work he's done, and I think if you speak to any Swansea fan, I know I, I follow a few notable ones on Twitter, and they do talk about how he's got the style back, you know, the Swansea way that was... That was often spoken about during the the high years in the Premier League when they ended up winning the League Cup. Uh, they, they're saying it's it's back to those sort of levels, and the fans are back connected with the club. I think you know they're, it, they it went a little bit missing during the last couple of Premier League seasons. You had Clement there, um, 
even going back to Guidolin, um, they were never really playing a style that suited, um, you know, what the club had become. Bob Bradley as well, obviously, had a, had a stint there that was quite unremarkable. So it's good that they've, they they took a risk in Graham Potter, and I think we spoke about it on the podcast at the start of the season that we thought that was a good appointment, and, and I think it's proven out to be, and I think they're ones to watch going into next season. Obviously, uh, Dan James had another very good performance, scored a very good goal in that game, was almost unplayable in the first half uh, for Swansea. You got the likes of McBurney, who I think has had a, a steady season um, in terms of goal scoring. I wouldn't. I, I think it was important that they kept him during the summer, um, and they managed to do that. And they seem to be getting the best out of him. And he's he's in a little bit of a free role now, quite often playing in it, it sort of as a withdrawn forward, and I think that suits him. Uh, he's got 17 goals now, so that's a very good return um, for a team that are in mid-table. And I, and I think even the likes of Wayne Routledge and, and Nathan Dyer often criticised in the Premier League, but I think they've come down to the Championship, sort of readjusted their game with Potter and, and they're performing well. So I think they're definitely a team to watch uh, going into next season. Uh, sold a lot of players, of course, in, in, rec- in you know over the last couple of windows. And Potter hasn't perhaps been given the, the budget that he wanted to, to transform the squad, but hopefully he'll be given a little bit of money to spend in the summer. Uh, and they can push on because I think it's it's really exciting to see him doing well after you know the success he had in Sweden. It was it was hoped that he could replicate in England because uh, we've seen many many a coach come and who who were highly rated beforehand and, and perhaps not live up to the reputation they earned on the continent. But he he's one that uh, seems to be doing that and it, and it, it seems to be going under the radar. So I think they he deserves a lot of credit for that. Uh, obviously he's not going to have any part to play in in the playoff picture or or the relegation picture, and they're gonna finish safely in mid-table but it's, it's still worthy of comment because I think he's done a good job uh, yeah so I think that that was another good performance for them um, I think I would go back to the West Brom game uh, I'm not quite certain about Bristol City being certainties for those playoff positions but um, it's difficult I think it would take some some turnaround for them to drop out I think the game in hand that, that both them and Derby have uh, are important um, if Derby win, then you know they could could turn it round. But I just think for those they've been so inconsistent, they seem to be getting back to a good level. Maybe not winning every week, but they were they were not losing. But to to go and lose to Blackburn, it's been pretty dire in recent weeks. Really, I think it was a really poor result, and it was the the performance didn't really merit much for Derby. And I think two 0 was perhaps even a kind scoreline. So that was a a disappointing one. Um, Sheffield Wednesday, I think, is is another one that's, that's that's worthy of commenting on briefly. Obviously, done very well under Steve Bruce, uh, and they're positioning themselves as just outside those playoff positions. I don't think they've got a real chance of getting into them. I think that the gap between them and, and Bristol City and Villa is a, is a little bit too much to overhaul. But like Swansea, they're ones that have come on at the end of the season, and and quite often those teams that do. Have a strong end to the uh, strong end to the season. Come on strongly in the next, so they're ones to watch out for for next year. But uh, if if you wouldn't mind, James, just run us through the Wednesday fixture as well. well. We'll see what's worthy of comment there. Yeah, absolutely. So moving into Wednesday, the the sort of first game on my fixture list here: Birmingham City drew one all with Sheffield United. Um, obviously, I'll touch on that game in a bit. But you know, good for Birmingham to you know have a, a decent week against Leeds. Sheffield United, uh, a week that I was open as a Preston fan playing the two same teams that, that we would have had. Um, Brentford beat Ipswich 2-0. Um, Hull City left it late to come from behind to, to beat Wigan, which we'll touch on. Millwall and QPR drew 0-0. Uh, 
Um, one game that I definitely will get on to, Norwich City and Reading shared a two-all draw. And Aston Villa came from 1-0 down and a man down. Tyron Mings sent off again to win away at Rotherham. Um, I'll throw it over to you first, Jake. Out of those sort of six games there from, from Wednesday night, are there any in particular that stand out for you, sort of good, bad, and are there any players who sort of stood out for individual performances, again, good or bad? Yeah, I think there's a, there's a few games that we can comment on here. Obviously, the Norwich game is quite remarkable. Had I'd say I dominated that game with a lot of shots, but Reading showed a fighting spirit that was perhaps missing during the the first half of the season, and, and to get that equaliser from from Rinomoto was was obviously a very good moment for them. And, and sometimes, you know, it would have felt like a loss for them having led for so long, but to get that late equaliser, it does just almost feels like a win. And it's amazing what a couple of late goals can do for either team because Norwich would have been going into the last five minutes hoping to get a point and then obviously coming out of a point was a disappointment and for Reading it was the opposite so for Reading it's a, it's a huge huge point in their their battle for survival and I think I'd be surprised if they didn't go on to clinch that now um, well, there are still problems for them there I think Gomez has, has done a good job since taking over uh, and I think there's a lot of players there that have come on well I think Baker's had a good good last few months although he wasn't great yesterday um I think Mate is is decent up front and I think it was important they kept him in January. Uh it would be it would have been good if we saw a little bit more of him and Oliveira together, but Oliveira's obviously had his, his fitness problems since since arriving. But I think that they you know, they they they've progressed well and I still think they're a team that will struggle next year, but it, you know, it's gonna be interesting to see how their summit goes because if they do bring in the right sort of players, um, like they did in January, I think they they've got, you know, real reason to be hopeful for the future the other game I'd like to, to quickly pick up on is is obviously the, the Rotherham Aston Villa game it's slightly surprising to see Aston Villa go on and win this especially going down to 10 men and, and conceding the penalty it seemed you know to me Rotherham are very good at battling and, and, and staying in games and, and, and I thought in that situation with a one goal lead against 10 men they'd go on and go on and clinch out the three points and make that you know bottom bottom six seven look really really interesting but Aston Villa continued their good form the goal from Jack Grealish was very very good if you haven't seen it I'd, I'd go and seek that one out it sort of shows his, his individual quality and, and what he brings to Villa because I think without him they wouldn't have they wouldn't have won yesterday it was such a piece of indi- individual quality from him um, so yeah I just think they've they've had a very very good run of late and a cemented in those playoff positions and for me they're the ones I wouldn't want to come up against in those playoffs um, especially if they keep winning games they remind me of Fulham last year where Fulham just won and won and won towards the end of the season missed out on those top two but just the amount of wins and the confidence they had in that squad they went on and won the playoffs and Aston Villa to me feel like that team this year um, but yeah James you, you said you wanted had something to say about the Norwich game so if you just yeah, I thought sort of echoing your sort of sentiments really on that Norwich game. You know, Reading going one nil up. Um, you know, quite a lot of people had wrote them off a few weeks ago, but going down there and watching Preston play a few weeks ago, there seems to be for a team around the foot of the table, the bottom of the table, should I say, um, a real sort of togetherness. Still, you know, quite a lot of teams when they get sort of in and around those places, you know, you associate with like the atmosphere going a bit toxic. That kind of thing, but I think Reading know where they are as a club. I don't think there's that real expectation from 
the fan base that you know they should be up challenging for the playoffs, even though they are sort of one of the sort of bigger teams in the division from their time in the Premiership. I think they're quite a realistic fan base. You know, that sort of togetherness has really sort of shown in recent weeks. Obviously, they're becoming sort of the the late goal specialist in the league. The the sort of the winner Ipswich a few weeks ago. You know, just before the international break again here at Norwich. And as you touched on, you know, to be one 0 up for a large part of the game and then to concede those two goals within two minutes of each other um you know it'd be very easy for a team at the bottom of the table for the heads to drop but you know credit to him they rallied got that goal with virtually the last kick of the game as well and and you know that could be a vital point for them come the end of the season you know you look down the the table at the moment you know i think it switch uh, uh sort of as good as gone you know only four wins all season i think it's I think this weekend or next weekend they can get relegated um, if results sort of go against them. So you're looking down now anywhere from sort of Millwall down to Bolton, you know, two of those five, um, sort of five teams can go with them. And Reading out of all of them seems to be the team that, you know, have that resiliency, you know, to be able to dig in when sort of the going gets tough and it's not going their way and, and you know, grind out a result. I think if I was Bolton and Rotherham, I would be worrying now, you know, two points may not seem a lot, that they're sort of off Wigan and, and Reading. But, but, you know, at this stage of the season, for teams who haven't been picking up many points all season, especially Bolton, you know, sort of nine points adrift now. I think there's going to be four teams fighting for that last relegation spot. And I think Reading the best place to sort of climb out and, and sort of avoid that. And I think for them, it'll be a good season. You know, quite a lot of people at the start of the year expected them to be down here. So for them, if they can, you know, stay in the division and use this sort of little run that they've been on in recent weeks to build on from next season and, and you know hopefully for their sake kick on it'll be good for them um the sort of other game i wanted to touch on then may seem quite a weird one um obviously you mentioned it a little bit the 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 rotherham aston villa game um obviously villa coming from two goals uh from a goal down sorry and a, a man down and i think it was when me and you were on last time jake we sort of as just a pair we were talking about tyrone mings and sort of his disciplinary problem, similar to Ben Pearson, you know, getting sent off early on in the game, I think halfway through his first half. For Villa to come back and win that, you know, with two quick five goals just after our time, as you said, shows sort of that character that they've got. And I think out of looking at the teams in the playoffs at the moment, um, you know, who are sort of in and around there, I think, you know, if you're a betting man, you'd be looking at Aston Villa to go on and, and you know, sort of win the playoffs. Um, if they were obviously to get in, barring a you know a, a collapse between now and the end of the season, and you know, I think that speaks volumes um, for them, sort of over the second half of the season, from where they were, sort of just before Christmas, you know, sort of around the the mid-table mark to put that run together and and you know find themselves in the playoffs now. Um, a team you know that should be there by all accounts, the squad that they've got. You know, you mentioned the likes of of Grealish, and we were talking about our sort of team of the season um, the other week and you know I thought John McGinn was very hard done by not to be in there you know just to name a few so I think they are looking at it now the team to be obviously you know one of Sheffield United or Leeds are going to miss out so you know you'd expect them to be sort of favourites but you know after a hard season of, of fighting for second place to miss out and you know looking at it or probably go down to the last game I think you know that sort of mental factor could come into it for them. Um, you know, Villa on sort of a win streak could be sort of buoyed by that. So I think definitely they're one of the favourites going into sort of the business end of the season and the playoffs. And, you know, it'll be interesting over the next few weeks to sort of keep an eye on them and 
and sort of see where they finish. Um, but sort of one topic I wanted to touch on, Jake, obviously there's been a lot made um, about Alex Neal um, and the West Brom links recently. Um, you know, as a Preston fan, I'm fearing the worst. He, he came out before the, the game last weekend against Sheffield United and said, you know, sort of my, my future is with Preston. Solely focused on Preston, you know, was saying all the right things to indicate that he'd be here next season. And then in his press conference today ahead of the, the West Brom game, funnily enough, this weekend, you know, it, it seems to have changed sort of his his wording. And, you know, that might be me reading too much into it. But from saying, you know, last week, I'm sort of focused on next season. And, you know, I've got a project here that I'm building. Now, after these two defeats and, you know, sort of more sort of uncertainty from sort of the higher ups about how much money he's going to have to spend in the summer and, and, you know, factors like that. He, he's come out and said, you know, I'm taking it one game at a time and, you know, we'll sort of sit down and see at the end of the season. So it's quite worrying sort of from a, a Preston fan point of view over the, the course of the week that, you know, he seems to have shifted his mindset, especially going into to this game at the weekend. Um, sort of from a neutral point of view, do you think Neil would be a good fit for West Brom? Do you think he has sort of learned from his time at Norwich in taking on so-called, uh, you know, in quotes, like a bigger club than Preston? Uh, or do you think he should sort of sit tight with Preston, given the job he's been doing there over the last couple of seasons? Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. It's an interesting one. Um, I think from your comments there, on what he has been saying himself, I I suggest that it sounds like he didn't really think he was in the running and now he's had indications that he is, which is why he's distancing himself from his earlier quotes, which isn't really surprising because if, if he hadn't had any indication from Royce Brom that they were interested, it would have been crazy for him to suggest anything other than seeing himself at Preston. So I think there's probably been a change in, in what's happened behind the scenes and, and a move has been made as has been reported and that's probably led to that change. So... Looks to me like it's one that's probably going to happen, uh, and I would be surprised if it didn't happen before the playoffs, um, where Preston's season is is now over, sort of. Um, so it, it, I think it's a, I think it's a safe appointment for West Brom. I don't really think it can go ver- ver- that wrong. He's got a lot more experience than Darren Moore had. He's obviously done well at Norwich before, got them into the Premier League and kept them there. Um, he's done well with Preston, uh, building them up. Although I think it's it's a slight disappointment this season because I think they perhaps should have been doing better earlier in the year. Um, but I know there's factors that, that cause the, the struggles. But I think 12th is is a little bit of an underachievement, really. I think they sh- a lot of people thought they should have been higher, but that's just perhaps 
because of how highly rated Preston were and it is perhaps you know we weren't looking at the rest of the league and, and how competitive it can be so you know a, any team can finish between you know second third and, and 16th so it, maybe it's it's not too much of a underachievement given the resources there um but it, it's always it's, it's clear why he wants to go it's it's a bigger budget it's it's a better squad um it's a team that's already in the playoffs so he could be you know managing in the premier league next year so you know to go from managing preston for 41 games this year to to managing in the Premier League next year, it's, it's quite a, it's, it's quite an obvious step up, and it, like you can see why he's appeal, it, it appeals to him. I think it's a, it's a good appoint, it's a good appointment in in terms of it's safe, but I just don't. It's difficult to get excited by it. I think if, if they did go up, I'm not sure he's really the man to do much more than keep them there for a year or two. So it's. It's a bit of a weird one. If they'd have made it during last summer, it would have made sense. But to do it now, it's just a bit weird. Um, yeah, it's, yeah. I, I think West Brom are in a position now where they could gamble on a, on a exciting sort of young manager that can take them into the playoffs. But I guess they did that with Darren Moore and, and gave up on that. So it's, 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 it's difficult to get excited by it. But I think it's it's a pretty safe move from West Brom. I don't think that it would go disastrously wrong. I just don't think he's ever going to do more than he ever did at Norwich so in in that respect if they did get in they'd uh, and got up this year or next they'd be struggling to stay in the Premier League I think so it's a difficult one but I can see I can see the logic behind it it's just quite a short term sort of view to an appointment but given what happened with Darren Moore it's not surprising they're taking that stance yeah I can Totally agree. We obviously, from a, a Preston point of view, I'd be gutted to see him go. And you know, already there's been talk amongst Preston fans and who they sort of want to get in to replace him. And I even saw someone today, and you know, uh, I can't believe anyone is suggesting it as, as getting someone like Ian Holloway. In which, you know, if that was the case, I, I think I'd be looking for a new club to support. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think uh, definitely from Alex Neal's point of view, um, I can see why he would want to go to Norwich. Obviously, first of all, more money. Um, you know, I can sort of begrudge him for that. You know, uh, West Brom are a bigger club. Sort of than Preston in terms of obviously the fan base and, and sort of the stature of the club. You know, in all intents and purposes, they are a Premier League club with a Premier League squad. So, you know, the opportunity for him to, to work with that, you know, would be very appealing for him. I think from our point of view, it, it speaks more so about sort of our, where we expect to go as a club sort of from here. I think, you know, over the summer, there was that unrest of, of you know, not reinvesting in the money that we got for John Hugill and and Greg Cunningham. You know, there was a fans forum this week where uh, about a year ago, we bought some land for a new, new training ground. That's been put on hold. Uh, there was meant to be a new fan park developed at the stadium. That's been put on hold because they found a leak in the roof of the old club shop. And rather than, repair the roof which you know would uh, seem like a sensible thing to do they've just put those plans on hold so i think for us as a club you know if neil does go there needs to be a lot of sort of questions asked about what our sort of ambition is going forwards it just seems very sort of stale at the moment even though we are doing sort of relatively well by our standards on the pitch and obviously you mentioned there if we or we we won't now unless you know every other team above us choke which i can't see happening you know make the playoffs um it's been sort of an okay season compared to where we were at the start of the, the season, um, sort of October. But I think, yeah, definitely in the summer, if Neil does go, there needs to be questions asked about where we want to go as a club. Um, but sort of moving into the, the weekend's games, and 
I'll, I'll throw that game to you sort of first of all Jake obviously West Brom host Preston this weekend it's our gentry day where we all go sort of suited and booted to remember uh, Preston fans that are no longer with us uh, it's a great day out for the fans I think we've sold just shy of 2,800 tickets so you know given the recent results there should still be a good back in there um, how do you see that game going do you think we can bounce back and get something from the game against the West Brom team that have been a bit hit and miss recently or do you expect West Brom to sort of go out and, and comfortably sweep us aside um yeah i think west brom are gonna win this game to be honest i think preston uh, I, I was up on them a couple of weeks ago but two defeats have sort of left their season dead for all intents and purposes so uh, west brom has still got the the playoff form to to ha- have one eye on and, and obviously all the stuff with neil is going to be the main story here so i think west brom will probably go and win and yeah, it's it's a sad end of the season for Preston, really, when a, a few weeks ago it was, it was looking so promising, but these things happen, uh, and yeah, it's probably going to, um, it's probably going to be a, a poor end to the season when they're probably going to end the manager, sadly, but there we go, I think West Brom will win this one, and I think it'll probably be quite comfortable, I can see a 2-0. Yeah, I agree. We are the sort of only thing that gives me a little bit of hope um, is obviously West Brom have been sort of struggling in recent weeks. But, you know, as you've just touched on with the season sort of more or less dead now, Pearson suspended and then the likes of Potts, Barker, uh, Hughes, all that injured, Barkays until the end of the season, Brown and, and Gallagher aren't fully fit and are sort of having to play out of necessity, really, because we don't really have anyone else there. You know, I expect West Brom to win. I think it'll still be a good day out for us. Um, obviously, I'd like to get something from the game, but, you know, sort of where we are now, we're sort of in no danger of going down and, you know, realistically won't make the playoffs. So, you know, between now and the end of the season, whatever points we do get, you know, I'll be happy for. But it's sort of a quite disappointing end to a season that, you know, about two weeks ago was looking really promising. You know, there was that buzz around the uh, the club. Um, so, yeah, quite a flat end to the season for us. Um, the next game that I wanted to touch on is the the game on Saturday evening. Um, Leeds against Sheffield Wednesday, obviously. Yorkshire Derby. Leeds, as I touched on earlier, with fantastic at us um, in the week Sheffield Wednesday you know look like they've just missed out on the playoffs as well now but you know don't take anything away from the job that Steve Bruce has done with them you know especially over the sort of latter part of sort of this half of the season you know fantastic job and you know there's already that foundation in place for them to to really kick on and have a a proper go at the playoffs next season um how do you sort of see this game going Jake do you expect Leeds to win or do you expect uh, Sheffield uh, Wednesday to sort of turn up and sort of reluctantly maybe for them do sort of their city rivals a favour oh this is going to be a good game I think I think Sheffield Wednesday have been playing good football recently uh, Leeds obviously very hit and miss at the moment um, I think they're, they're, I think they're a little bit better away to be honest I think it, Ellen Road does does hinder them a little bit so I, I could see it being a draw I'm going to go for a one-all draw um, which we'll probably see Sheffield United move back into those top two Yeah, I think uh, it'll be a good game. Um, obviously, on Sky, there's quite a few decent games on Sky uh, Saturday evening, actually. So, on the way home from the football for us, you know, we've got great shows to watch on the TV. Um, I think it'll be, yeah, as you said, a good game. I think, sort of from my point of view, I think Leeds, looking at them, how they played against us, should just shade it. I think especially, 
having the bonus of knowing what Sheffield United have done earlier in the day, um, you know, will be sort of a, um, a massive advantage for them. I expect Sheffield United to win at home to Millwall, um, but obviously Leeds knowing what they need to do. Um, obviously, this end of the season, you know, you need to win, but for them to, to go out and, you know, there's the opportunity there to put on a show uh, for their home fans, you know, last game of the day on Sky. So I expect them to just shade it. I think, um, obviously, you touched on it'd be a draw there. I think Leeds will just shade it maybe 2-1. Uh, but, you know, I think it'll be a, a thoroughly entertaining game. Um, and then the last game sort of to touch on, and we'll shift our focus sort of towards the, the bottom half of the table. Obviously, Stoke City have picked up in recent weeks. Too late for them to sort of make a, pl- a push at the playoffs now but for a little while they were sort of looking over their shoulders towards that relegation zone they host Rotherham on Saturday who in desperate need of a win you know the two points adrift of, of Wigan and Reading and, and Millwall now that sort of chasing pack are all level on 41 points do you expect Rotherham to be able to get anything from the game or do you expect Stoke to sort of comfortably sort of run out winners in this one Stoke have been weird recently they've been drawing a lot of games nil nil not scoring many and then they got the big win last weekend uh against blackburn uh another clean sheet and then they were tr- well beaten by swansea and that could have been a, a bigger score on the day so it's, it's a difficult one um rather than obviously fighting for their lives uh winning games um winning a few games recently and always putting up a good performance you know they 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 were only lost two one to to Norwich a few weeks ago, they got absolutely battered by Derby, but another good showing against Aston Villa, although they'll be disappointed they didn't get anything out of that given the, the sending off, but I think they might get someone here uh, I'm going to go for a Rotherham win I just I just think it's a game that they could go and win and, and Stoke have little to play for uh, I just think the desire from Rotherham are going to give them three points and make that bottom of the table really interesting yeah, I think Rotherham, you know, they showed it against Aston Villa. Um, you know, they they can on their day sort of cause teams trouble. Um, obviously, they, they ended up losing that game. But for, for a large sort of portion of that game, um, especially in the first half, they had Aston Villa worrying. Um, so I expect them to go there and, you know, at least get a point, I'd say. Obviously, you touched on Stoke have been a bit hit and miss recently. And, you know, for them can't realistically go down now even though it's still sort of mathematically possible and, and can't really go up so I think their season will probably just sort of peter out now obviously coming out of that Swansea game in midweek where they went down 3-1 winners uh, sorry 3-1 defeat and had two players sent off uh, within I think 10 minutes of each other midway through the second half so a few players out suspended for them um, you know not really anything to play for and, and Rotherham, you know, with nothing to lose going to Stoke really if they sort of go out and get the win, you know, great for them no one expects them really to, to sort of get anything from the game, so I, yeah, I'd expect Rotherham to get something um, if I was to go for a score prediction I'd probably say they'll they'll shade it maybe 1-0 or, or 2-1 um, but, you know, obviously for them this stage of the season, even a point would be fantastic, um, you know, just to sort of keep track with that, that pack just outside the, the relegation zone um, but with that, we're out of time. Cheers for joining me today, Jake. Uh, if you want to let anyone know what projects you're involved in and, and where to find you, now would be a good time. All right, thanks for listening. Uh, you can get me on Twitter, at Jake Jap with two ends, uh, and I'm going to be on the Premier League show this weekend, so check that one out. Yeah, and as I said um, sort of on previous episodes, you can get me on my Twitter, which is at underscore James Vickers, and more importantly, follow us on our Twitter page for the show, which is at Championship Pod where each episode is our pinned tweet each week and there's plenty of stuff to get involved in throughout the week. Um, Cheers for joining me today, Jake. It's been a pleasure as always, and we'll see you next time.
A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com.